Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Dad, uh, we are in this series called A Little Bit of Wisdom, and uh, I in particular love today's topic. Uh, it is, is really, uh, th- this topic is one of my life's pleasures, and I can't wait to share it with you. But let me share our key verse for the whole series. It comes from Proverbs 4, 7. It says this, wisdom is supreme. In other words, it is the highest level, right? It's the most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now, let me give you a frame of reference for a moment. This is written by the, 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 one of the wealthiest men that ever walked this earth. His name was Solomon. And Solomon is saying that wisdom is so important that though it costs you everything, and for each one of us, that means different things. Some of us, our everything is small, and some of us, our everything is a lot. Our everything could be a whole lot of money in the bank. It could be a whole lot of real estate. It could be a whole lot of stuff. And Solomon's saying, though it costs you everything... So if you reflect on what he's saying, one of the wealthiest men in the world, he's like, wisdom is supreme. Money's not, real estate's not, the car's not, the job's not, the girl's not. It is wisdom. It is supreme. It's the most important thing. And that's what this this whole series is about. We're looking actually at the book of Proverbs, which again was written by Solomon. Not only was he the wealthiest man in the world, but Solomon was also the wisest man and the Proverbs uh, is, is worth its study because it's all these wise sayings. And so uh, here's where we've been through the series. We started off with uh, the, the understanding that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That was the first message that we did in this series. And of course, we don't mean being scared of God. We mean just having a holy reverence of him. That's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then uh, the, the following week, we talked about uh, the wisdom of contentment. And then last week, our executive pastor, Kyle Smith, was here, and she talked about the, how the, the generous or the wise are generous. And, uh, and so today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive in and talk about this subject because I believe that each and every single one of us wants to get better. Each and every single one of us wants to grow in, in certain areas of your life. There's, there's either a point of pain or just a place where you're like, I could be better. I could be better as a parent. I could be better as a business owner. I could be better as... Uh, on the job, in my careers, or in my career, I'd love to grow there. I'd love to grow in my hobbies. I could be a better spouse. I could be better in my relationships. I could be better in my leadership, in my influence. We all have areas and places we'd like to get better. I have one in particular. I'll share it with you. I would like to get better at playing spoons. (laughs) Now, if you don't know what this game spoons is, let me explain it to you. It is a card game. And it's a wild card game. It is, in my house, a dangerous card game. You will walk away with cuts, bruises, and stories to tell. Especially when you play with my wife. (laughs) Playing spoons with my wife has earned her the name. Her name is Shanda. But when she plays spoons, we call her Shanzilla. (laughs) Spoons is played where cards are passed around the table. The first to get the four of a kind dives for the spoon. There There are spoons in the center of the table. There is one less spoon on the table than the number of players, so it's kind of like musical chairs. 
And once the first spoon is grabbed, whether you have a four of a kind or not, everybody dives for the spoons. And as you can imagine, if you're playing with ladies who have fingernails, or even teenagers who refuse to cut their fingernails, <laughs> let me tell you something. The injuries that occur from this game are insane, and I'm not good at it. I'd like to get better. Nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to be the guy sitting there with no spoon. It makes you feel bad. Feel like a failure. And I know looking at me, you'd think that I'm as fast as a leopard, but <laughs> I'm not. I have these big meaty claws, and they are difficult to operate and get into motion. And so, currently, the only way that I win spoons is I cheat. Yes, I'm confessing on multiple levels today. <laughs> Telling you where I'd like to grow and confessing a sin, I cheat. And therefore, I win. Well, I think we all want to improve, don't we? We all, we all want to get better. The problem is, is for each and every single one of us, there's a lid to our growth, right? And we hit that lid over and over again. And usually, usually, the lid is just ourselves. We are our own limitations. Problem is, and, and the, the reality of it is, we shouldn't feel bad about that because more often than not, we don't know what we don't know. We just don't know how to remove the lid. We don't know that we are the lid. But the truth is, is that there is room to grow. And the way that we grow is through developing a life of being a learner, and that's our topic for today. And you need to understand that when I talk about being a learner, Somebody who is learning has to do one major thing, and that is listen. A learner is somebody who listens. They listen to mentors, they listen to teachers, they listen to their parents, they listen. Whether they're listening with their ears or listening through reading a book, they're listening. They're listening for guidance, they're listening for opportunities to grow, they're listening for ways to be better. Learners listen. And more often than not, we aren't good at listening. Oh, we're really good at talking, but we're not very good at listening. In fact, our talking usually takes shape in the form of us saying, I can't. Well, I've never done that before. Well, I don't know, or I haven't figured it out. We talk a whole lot about our lids and about the areas where we need to grow, and we limit ourselves by talking when what we should be doing is listening. We make excuses, and we need to listen. We need to be teachable. In fact, teachability is the vehicle to get you where you want to grow. Somebody should be writing this stuff down. It's good stuff. I'm just sharing it with you. Teachability. Teachability is a subject of 26 of the 31 chapters of Proverbs. That's a whole lot. The first, or there are 10 of those 26 that begin the whole chapter with teachability. This is an important subject. So let's dive in and see what those verses are all about and see what they have to say. Proverbs 10.8 says this, the wise are glad to be instructed. Now, if you're being instructed, that means that you're doing one thing and it is listening. Yeah, you can just join along. It's okay. You don't have to sit there quiet with your arms folded like this in a half days. If you're being instructed, you are doing one thing and that is? Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you playing along. So the wise are glad, they're happy about it. They're happy about being instructed. They're happy to listen. But check it out, babbling fools, those that are talking, 
those that will not be silent. Because, you know, in order for you to listen, you've got to shut your mouth. In fact, you've got two ear holes and one mouth hole. That means you need to listen twice as much as you speak. That's cool. That's good. I'll let that sit for a minute. Babbling fools fall flat on their faces. And so there, there are these people who just talk too much. And if you're talking too much, you're not listening near as much as you need to. In fact, Proverbs calls them fools. There are three kinds of fools that Proverbs lists when it comes to talking. The very first one is the know-it-all. How many of you guys know the know-it-all? They, they know everything. You can't tell them anything because they already know it. This is the condition that we find ourselves in, especially, like this has always been the case with teenagers, but in this day and age, it's with everybody because we all have the Google machine in our pockets. You know it all. And if you don't know it, you're seconds away from knowing the information. Your pride keeps you from being teachable. Your pride keeps you from listening. No matter what you're talking about, people know it all. Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust their own insight are foolish. In other words, they're not listening. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. There's the know-it-all. The second one is the been there, done that. These kind of people really irritating. Because, man, you could, you could come up to them and tell them a story. Listen, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 2 seconds on a bull named... Yeah. And they'll be like, meh, been there, done that five times. Wearing the T-shirt, right? They're, they're the ones that have been there, done that. They're frustrating. They downplay it like you experiencing what they've already experienced is nothing. They don't care about your feelings or about your story. They just don't want to listen. Proverbs 18.2 says, fools have no interest in understanding. They don't want to hear your story. They've been there, done that. They only want to air their own opinions. They're always talking. And this last one, this one's the one that irritates me most. It's the one-upper. Oh. No matter what you say, this is the person like, yeah, but did you? Yeah, but I did this. Or you went Rocky Mountain climbing, I did it barefoot. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're always going to one-up you. No matter what, they won't let you in. No story or accomplishment is good enough. They've always got one that's better. And they refuse to listen to yours. Proverbs 12, 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise, check it out, what do they do? They, yeah, they listen. That'd be just really fun if every time that word comes up, y'all would just join me in it, all right? So the wise listen to others. See, there's so much to be gained by listening. There's so much to be gained, so much that we can learn if we would just incline our ears to people. If we would just take time to listen, we would gain wisdom and understanding. We need to listen. We all struggle with that, though. We all struggle to listen, and as a result, we simply don't grow. And because we don't listen, we keep that lid on our lives, and we squash the potential of what we could be, but also what we could do for God's kingdom. We, we keep that lid firmly in place. For me, anything that I've done that God has called me to do is based on one thing, and that has been teachability. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the most talented. I'm just willing to be taught. I'm teachable. And that's why God continues to use me. That's why he continues to use us, because we are teachable. And each of us, if we are to, willing to seek God's wisdom to be teachable, can do the same. Now, being teachable 
means that we have to have a heart that is willing to listen, or we'll call it the listening heart. Proverbs 1, 5 says this, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. So we have to have a listening heart in order to obtain wisdom. Many years ago, before we planted this church, I was at a church called C3 Church in Pickerington. And my pastor, Conan Stevens, uh, had identified God's call in my life to be a pastor, and there was a process that I needed to walk through. I did an internship with him, and I joined what he called C3LI, which was a leadership institute. And uh, today, it's now called the C3 Network. But in the early phases, there was a few of us, we were in the bullpen. And he would give us opportunities. He would send us to retirement communities to to share the gospel. He would send us to the youth ministry to to preach and take opportunities to do ministry. We would do hospital visits. But one of the things that that I got the most opportunity to do was to lead prayer on Sunday nights. And uh, I loved doing that. In fact, I, I, I really, really enjoyed the process enjoyed working, working through that and, and teaching people to pray. It was just a lot of fun for me. And, uh, and, and one night, I had had several successful nights of doing prayer where I'm getting high fives from my pastor and the people that were there. They're like, man, really? Because I did one night I did like this walking through the tabernacle as a model for prayer, and they, they really enjoyed that. My head got really big. And so as a result, the next time I did prayer, I said, you know what I'm going to do? We, we used to play music really soft, and I said, I'm going to get some music that everybody's going to love. I'm going to get some music that I worship to. And so I chose music by, uh, by a band named Petra. It's old school music. Take me into the holies of holies. Come on, somebody. You know the songs I'm talking about. Or just a few people in here, know. And, uh, and we opened with that. And then, and then I did some Skillet. So if you know Skillet, they're, they're, the Skillet is like a rock uh, techno kind of band. And, uh, but very worshipful. The words are really meaningful, but it's definitely different than what everybody was used to. And then, and then I took some music from another church uh, in New Albany here that, that Tyler Joseph, the lead singer of 21 Pilots, had collaborated with. And so there was some singing, and then he busted in with his little raps. And I was like, we're going to do all this around the scriptures and the verses we were going to pray that night. Well, we did it. And I turned it up a little louder for everybody. We were rocking, man. I was having a good old time. I mean, during all the songs, just enjoying them because I had spent time in worship with those songs before as well. The next day I got a phone call. My pastor wasn't too happy. He said, ah, and that's how he, that's how he does things too, by the way. Ah, well, so I heard some comments that you were playing like this weird music. If you could just go ahead and stick to what we, uh, what we normally do, that'd be great. All right. And it was in this moment that I had to make a choice. It was in this moment that I had to make a choice whether I would be teachable or whether or not I would, I, that I would listen to the feedback, whether I would be offended, whether I would resist, whether I would argue, make a case for why I did it. Or I could have just dismissed his counsel altogether. I had to make a choice. And it's in those moments when we get feedback like that, we've got to check our hearts, right? Because you all have gotten feedback like that. Like, ah, you know what I'm talking about. Your boss does it. Your spouse does it. Neighbor, friends. Ah, in those moments. It's never easy to hear criticism or receive correction. 
But honestly, here's where we need to be. The listening heart is humble. We need to be humble. We need to lay down our pride. I'm sure whatever it is that you did, you thought a lot about. I'm sure whatever it is you did, you put a lot of work into it. However, if you're receiving feedback to the contrary, you need to pause, decide that you will learn, and become teachable. There's a modern-day poet named Kendrick Lamar. He says, sit down, be humble. But there's not much difference between humility and humiliation. Not much difference. Humility is a choice. You choose to humble yourself. Humiliation is what's thrust upon you because you refuse to humble yourself. And one of them's coming, and you get to decide. You can choose to humble yourself, or you will be humbled. Check it out. Proverbs 11.2 says, pride, or in other words, the unwillingness to listen, leads to disgrace, but with humility, your decision to listen comes wisdom. First and foremost, the listening heart is humble. The next thing we need, the listening heart has a desire to grow. Listen, a choice for humility is a choice towards growth. We have to have a desire to grow, to get better, to excel. You know, a, a few years back, we, my team, my leadership team, we were, we were talking about our church and we were hitting this, this growth barrier. We just couldn't grow past around 100 people. And we knew that in order to accomplish the mission God had sent us to, which was to reach the city of Reynoldsburg, 37,000 people, by the way, that 100 people was not reaching the mission, right? When you know your target, you can kind of compare. We're like, all right, there's about 100 people coming to our church. What, what, what do we need to do? And we began to investigate, and we began to, to study. We started asking questions. Next thing I know, we realized that the problem was not an external problem. The problem was us. That in order for our church to grow, the, the issue or the hole in the bucket, as it were, was simply that, that our leadership influence, our, our ability to influence, our, our knowledge was low, and that we needed to make a choice to grow. And so, as a leadership team, we developed a desire to grow personally. And we learned that the way to do that was what Proverbs 27, 17 says, that as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Listen, this growth is not something you can go purchase. Growth isn't something you're born with. It's not about a privilege. Growth is something you pursue with someone else. That, that, that's all it is. As iron sharpens iron, that's how we're supposed to be for each other. We are supposed to sharpen each other. And so our growth was found in relationship with others, relationship with mentors, relationship with teachers, whether that was through books or through teaching series, it was through people. Listen, this is why I think it's so important for you to be in a group, because you need an opportunity to be around other people. If you have a desire to grow, we call them grow groups for a reason. It is your, oh, somebody just realizing that's why we call them that? <laughs> it's so simple, hey. It is your opportunity to grow. You grow around others. When you get into a place where you're free to take the mask off, to be open and honest and say, these are the issues. This is the area where I need to grow. And then somebody in that group, you're going to find they're, they're walking through the same thing you've walked through or they've walked through it before. And as iron sharpens iron, they will help you grow. You need to be in a group. You can sign up for a group on our website. Use our app. 
Stop by the Connect Center. They'll help you get in a group, but you need in a group. They're running now for, for another, few, another four weeks. Is that about right? Another four weeks. Jump in a group. Nobody's going to mind that you're late getting to it. Get in a group. You know another way that you can grow? Lead a group. Here's the deal. While you'll grow being in a group, if you want to grow more, help others grow. Lead a group. So, well, I've never. Well, here's your opportunity. Jump in. A listening heart is humble and has a desire to grow. The next thing the listening heart has is, is the willingness to embrace correction. Willingness to embrace correction. Now, this one's not the easy one. Uh, the other ones we can get on board with, right? But this one's the one that's like, ah, I'm not so sure. Like, I can be humble and I can be willing to grow, but correction is one of those things that is difficult. I, I don't think correction is one of those things that's built into us that innately we like doing it or have a natural tendency towards it. Like, yeah, man, give me some of that correction. That sounds nice. I like that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just not us. But we have to embrace it if we want wisdom and growth. No matter how it comes, whether you requested it or not. Correction is necessary. And can I tell you what correction is not? I think the enemy is working overtime to teach you that correction is connected to rejection. That because somebody has taken time to say, hey, listen, could you do this a little different? Hey, listen, that's not the way we do things. Hey, listen, that's not the way we, whatever it is. When correction comes down the line, the enemy wants you to believe that it is in rejection of you. And really, correction is not about your who or you. It's about your do. Hello? It's about what you're doing. Which means, if it's not about you or your person or your worth, and it's just about what you're doing, it means that all you have to do is make a choice to do something else. It's not about rejecting all that you are. The enemy wants you to believe that because he doesn't want you to grow. Because if he can keep you from growing, then he can stifle your ability to make a difference and an impact, a greater one in God's kingdom. He wants you to believe that. Correction is not rejection. Don't listen to the lies that cause you to resist correction. Don't grow bitter as a result of correction. Grow better. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 12.1 to learn, you must love discipline. You got to learn to love it. You got to learn to just take it. Like, man, that was helpful. Even if you don't find it helpful now, you might find it helpful later. Just, just take it. And, this, and the next part says, and it's stupid. Oh, Bible said a bad word. It's bad word to hate correction. It, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just stupid. So here's what's possible, though. I believe that each one of us can get to a place where we say, I'm willing to embrace the pain of correction to see the results of growth. I, I think each of us can get there. And we need a listening heart to do it. And a listening heart is humble. A listening heart has a desire to grow and a willingness to embrace correction. All so that... God can pour his wisdom into our lives. So we need to have a teachable life. Proverbs 13, 13 says this, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command, they're gonna succeed. And we all want to succeed. It continues on and says, the instruction of the wise is a life-giving fountain. In other words, if you'll listen, 
if you'll listen, you'll have life. On the contrary, though, those who accept it, or I'm sorry, and those who accept it avoid the snares of death. You say, Aaron, what are we talking about? Just physical death? Well, no, I'm not just talking about that, although there is that. I mean, we have these, show, these TV shows like A Thousand Ways to Die and the Darwin Awards because people die in stupid ways. They did something stupid. They didn't listen, right? But I'm not just talking about a physical death. I'm talking about like, hey, there's, there's death in every area of your life, in your finances. Man, bankruptcy's no joke. That stings. In, in, your, in your freedoms, in, 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 in your relationships, you can experience death at every turn in every area of your life, if you reject wisdom, if you simply choose to not receive it. We have to be willing to pursue wisdom. That means that we become learners, and learners have a listening heart where we're humble, we have a desire to grow, and we embrace correction. And each of us can do this. Each of us can become learners. So what does a learner do? There's four things, and I'll close. Watch this. First one is learners initiate. Learners initiate. You know, I had a teacher in high school. He said, the proof of desire is in your pursuit. And if you're going to become a learner, you're going to have to pursue learning. You're going to have to pursue wisdom. Take the first step. Humble yourself. Have a desire to grow. Embrace correction. And being somebody who initiates learning means that you're going to invite someone else into your life. Say, man, this is how I'm doing it. You're going to have to be open, honest, and transparent, even vulnerable to a point. You see, this is how things are going in my marriage. How can I get better? These are how things are going right now in my life, in my finances, in my choices, in my relationships. You're going to invite someone else into that conversation that will help you grow in the way that you desire. Give them the opportunity. Learners initiate. Now, Proverbs is the most practical book in the Old Testament. That's the first half of your Bible, all of it before Jesus came. And in the New Testament, that's where Jesus came going forward. The most practical book in the New Testament, second half of your Bible, is the book of James. And James 1, he says this. He says, hey, be slow to speak. In other words, you don't need to be talking. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. It's like, dang, James. James is telling you, need to do some listening. Need to listen. So I'm going to use James. Here's what James says about needing wisdom. He says, if you need wisdom, just ask. Just ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. I like this verse for lots of reasons. If you need it, just ask. Ask who? Ask God. No, no, not just God. Ask our generous God. He gives wisdom generously. If you need it, just ask and he'll give it to you. Ask God questions in your prayer time, when you're driving down the road, as you're on the job, as you're parenting. Ask him questions. God, what do I do? God, what do I say? God, how do I handle this? I know there's a confrontation coming. I know there's a conversation coming down the pike that I'm uncomfortable with. What do I do? God, I know you've commanded me to give. Where should I give? How should I give? What do I do? Lord, I know I have the opportunity to love. How can I love them best? How can I be a blessing to them? How can I grow? How can I be, this is the big one, more like Jesus? You can ask God, and he generously gives wisdom. You can ask your boss, hey, how can I be better? How, what do I need to do in order to get the promotion? Don't just ask for the promotion. Ask, hey, what, what's the pathway I need to walk? 
He'll, he'll lay out a pathway for you, or she will. Ask your spouse, how can I be better? How can I love you more and demonstrate more love to you? Ask your, ask your friend, how can I be a better friend? Ask your kids, how can I be a better mom or dad? I promise you, they'll tell you. you, you, you can, they'll tell you. You know, I grew up walking, watching Sesame Street. And I, when I was a little kid, Big Bird and, and Grover and Oscar were pretty popular, but there was this character on, the, on Sesame Street, and his name was Elmo. And Elmo got really, really popular, especially with the Tickle, tickle Me Elmos. Y'all remember those? <laughs> yeah, I can't even do the Elmo right now. It's cool. It's been a long time. I used to be able to do it. I'm, I ain't going to try it. Maybe second service, the vocal cords will be warmed up. You'll have to come back and hear that. But, uh, but Elmo says this. Asking questions is a good way to learn things you want to know. That's the truth. Do you know why this is on a kid's show? Because it's simple. Because it's fundamental. It's at the base level, something you can learn and something we should have learned and yet something we refuse to do. You know, this, this past week, uh, uh, I had to, to ask for help. My, uh, my, we, we bought a zero-turn mower last year. Some friends of ours moved out of state, and they were like, here, we don't, we don't we take this off our hands for like a stupid low price. And we were like, yeah, absolutely. Traded it for Amazon gift cards. They took it. It's cool. <laughs> but I've had this zero-turn, and I haven't been the one to use it. But our grass got so high, I needed to do it. My son broke his wrist, and he's the one that's been doing it uh, since, since we got the mower last year. And he broke his wrist, and he's not able to do it. And so I, I said, Tyler, you want to talk about humbling, by the way? My 17-year-old, can, can you teach me how to use this thing? I've reached that age, guys. I'm 40. I'm the guy that my parents are right now. They call me all the time. I had my mother-in-law call me this week uh, for tech support, right? Like, she just wanted, wanted to know, hey, Aaron, I got this new gadget, and I need to know how to use it. I'm like, I don't even know what that gadget is. I can't help you. I need to start answering the phone. Hello, tech support. But I finally reached that place. I had to ask my son how to teach me how to do it, and he did. We, we just have to ask. Learners initiate, guys. Whatever it is you want to learn, ask. Second thing learners do is learners implement. Like, it's a great thing to ask questions. But once you get the answer to your questions, what are you doing with those answers? I think we're, we're educated far beyond our level of obedience, to what we learn and what we know. It is important for us to take what we do or what we hear and do something with it. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. See, we have knowledge, but we're not doing something with it, and we think that the knowledge is sufficient, right? We're the know-it-alls. Oh, oh, I know that. I know lots of diets too, but I'm not a doer of the diet, <laughs> Right? We hear a lot, but do little. We have lots of notes. We take lots of notes in church on Sunday morning, but not lots of action. And we need to put, in a, 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 put the knowledge in action. When I talked about that grow plan earlier, that, that our team decided, hey, we need to grow in order for, for our influence to grow, in order for our church to grow. We sat down as a team, and we talked about how are we going to do this. And we came up with a plan. It was, we made it measurable. We said, all right. This is how many books we're going to read. This is how many podcasts we're going to listen to. And when it comes to our Bible, we're going to commit to reading it every single day. And we're going to get through our whole Bibles in a year. We got, so that meant we got plans to do that. We set goals. And we set those goals with a deadline. We put a date on the calendar. 
And we all made a commitment to it as a leadership team. And we said, we're so committed to this that at the end of it, if we've all completed it, we're going to have a party and celebrate. And if we haven't, we're going to have a conversation about whether you, not, you need to be on my leadership team. We took it that serious. As a result, our church doubled in a year. It just happened because they made an investment. They, they began to grow, they, but they had a plan. We all had a plan together to implement what we had learned. It was the implementation that made us successful, not the knowledge. And today is a great day for you to do the same, to take what you know and implement it, to make a plan to take some steps. Here's some simple ones. If you've been around Simple Church for any amount of time, there are two simple steps that you can take. The first one is growth track. Man, I know you're here tired, sick and tired of hearing me talk about growth track, but if you haven't jumped in yet, you have no idea what it's all about. You have no idea what we have for you and what we plan for you as you understand God's plan and purpose for your life, as we help you understand why you are here, get you connected to a team so that you can begin making a difference. Growth track is important. You need to jump in, jump in. You can jump in anytime. We run it during second service, so that means that after you're done here today, you guys, dads, you can get your cold one, and then you can go on down to growth track. It'll start at 1115. We, we would love to have you in there. The other thing you can do is get water baptized. If you've said yes to Jesus already, the, the first thing he asks you to do as a follower is to get baptized, baptized in water. And we do that every month. If you want to do that, either of those, get involved in growth track or get water baptized, pull out your connect card. Just mark it on there. Say, hey, I, I'd like more information. I want to get involved. I want to get baptized. Implement what you're already learning. Implement what you know God is pulling on your heart to do anyway. Others of you, some of you aren't even on your spiritual journey yet. Your, your, your implementation is to say yes to Jesus today. God's already talking on your heart and you know. Others of you, you need to forgive. Others of you need to seek forgiveness. Others of you need to begin praying and come to prayer night so that you can learn how to pray. Others of you need to engage in worship or are praying and thinking about giving and it's just, it's just time. It's just time for you to implement. Today can be your implementation day. And if you'll take steps, here's what will happen is God will pour out his wisdom into your life. Learners initiate and implement. And then learners improve. Learners improve. Man, you can constantly grow, constantly getting better. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. Here's what, what James says. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. Sounds like Jesus, Right? Some, Jesus is some, someone we look to to grow, to grow like and be like him, something to aspire to. It continues and says it's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Listen, sometimes our season of improvement lasts too long for our, our liking. Not everything comes overnight. We've just got to work at it. We need to learn, learn from feedback, learn from our critics, learn from our mistakes, learn from our failures. Be like Thomas Edison who said, I've not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work when it came to creating the light bulb. Like he, he, he said, I, I didn't fail. For me, I, I've learned from one of my critics a few years back, I had, I had somebody that was upset with a decision that I had made in my leadership, and rightfully so. And I had to, I had to listen to that even though I didn't like the way that it was given to me. I didn't like the words that were said. I didn't like the way that the criticism came. But in that criticism, there was truth. In that criticism, I was willing to look and say, you know what, there I am right in the middle of it. And as a result, 
I heard what was said, and I made some changes. I made a choice. I owned it. I apologized for what I could. But the biggest thing I did is I learned. I learned that through criticism, there's some truth. And if you pay attention to that, there's life. There's blessing. Here's the deal. Encouragement feels good. We all like encouragement. But correction fosters growth. Having someone tickle your ears is nice. Tell you how awesome you are is great. We all like that. But if you want growth, what you need most is correction. Learners initiate, they implement, and they improve. And the last thing learners do is they inspire. Listen, if you'll initiate and implement and improve in any area of your life, what will happen is it will lead you to inspire other people because they're going to see what God's done in your life. They're going to see how you're walking out the wisdom that he has given you, and they're going to want what you have. They're going to want your relationship with God. They're going to want that success in that area of life. It will inspire them. Your strength will do that. James 3.18 says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Listen, when we're teachable, we are planting seeds of wisdom, not only in our lives, but in the the lives of others. We're inspiring them. They say, well, they look at you and they say, well, if he can do it, then then I can do it. If his marriage got better, then, then my marriage can get better. If her finances got turned around, my finances can get turned around. If their relationships are stronger, mine mine can be stronger. You know, just to follow up on that whole prayer meeting thing that I was doing with my pastor. (laughs) You know, I, I made a choice. I made a choice to never lead prayer that way again. I followed the format. I listened to them. And more people came and and they were blessed and were not confused and upset by the weird music that I played. <laughs> Chose familiar songs, turned the volume down. And what I did was I received correction. And here, here's what happened as a result of that. First, I, I know my pastor loves me and that correcting me was not him mad at me. It was about help, him helping me be better. And the second thing that happened was that, that he now stands beside me. And he stands beside me, puts his neck out for me, sends people to our church because he knows and trusts one thing, that I'm teachable. He sent people with us when they planted us. He sent money with us so that we could get going. And I I know for a fact from conversations with him that it's because I was teachable. And listen, I promise you he wouldn't have vouched for me He wouldn't have linked arms with me if I wasn't. Finally, Proverbs 19.20 says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise for the rest of your life. What does that mean? It means if you want all God has for you, you need to develop a life of being a learner. Get all the advice you can. Get all the instruction you can. Pursue it. Wisdom is supreme, guys. And you'll be wise the rest of your life. So here's your little bit of wisdom. Number four for today is the habit of a teachable spirit produces a life of consistent wisdom. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, for this moment right here. I lift up every single heart in this place. 
that, Lord, you would give us a listening heart, hearts that are humble, hearts that are willing to grow, and hearts that will embrace correction, not just from man, but from you. And I know oftentimes you'll use people in our lives, but God, help us embrace that because there's life found in it. May we be those that seek after you and that seek after your wisdom all the days of our lives. There are those of you here today, like I said, is implementation day. And for you, the, the, the step that you need to take is just to simply say yes to Jesus. God's not mad at you for the choices you've made, for the sins you've committed. God loves you. In fact, he doesn't even want you to carry the weight of your sins into eternity. Because to do that would mean that you, you carry him into in eternal separation from him. He doesn't want that for you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to face a terrible death. To pay the price for your sins and my sins. And so today, your implementation of this, of receiving God's love, is just say yes to Jesus. To invite him into your life. To ask him to forgive you to make you brand new. And I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to pray the prayer here in a moment. And, and if you want to join me in that prayer, I would love to have you do that. My only request is I ask everybody in this room to pray out loud. And you need to understand, though, as we pray, that, that you're not saved by your good works. You're not saved because you clean up your act or start talking a different way. It's just about receiving Jesus. Just about asking him to be Lord of your life. For you to become a listener and learner to his ways. Learning his rhythms of grace and how he did it. How he lived this life. That's what it's all about. So if you're ready to do that today, pray with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. And make me brand new. Make me more like you. Come into my life. Today I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.